wait, shit, our podcast is called Tell Us More. Hannah and Marissa go off-roading. It's a really great idea. Nobody tell us how bad of an idea that is. I just nibbled on yellow. It's hard to make a grammar joke audibly. You knocked over her lemonade stand and you ruined our Bring Me the Horizon hat. I love hat. that. His last name is Anderson. Mm-hmm. What a blank name. <laughs> I would never be afraid of a man named Steve Anderson. <laughs> the mythological creature, Dr. Zeus. Better things to do. Yeah, I have to mine the potatoes or whatever. I'm gonna email Yale. I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. What NYX product did not get the seal of approval? Um, the NYX. Oops. NYX. Can't stop, won't stop, long wear brow kit. According to Brooke, it is not the shit. Wow, this stuff is not good. That's the only review. Just maybe, is it chunky? This stuff is not good, this LOL. This stuff is not good. Okay. I'll That's just got. take her opinion. I would like to see what happened to her eyebrows to... Please send me a picture of documentation right. of your eyebrows. Please explain what made it not good. How am I supposed to trust you? That's my main concern. Spending money is also not a thing I like to do. No. Especially when I don't have any. Mm-hmm. Makes it harder. Exactly. It's not the best. Bills, I didn't, they just keep piling up. What is with that? I don't understand. I don't know. Why do I have to keep paying for things? I'm I already don't paying. understand. No one signed up for that. I did not sign up for any of this. I didn't ask for this. It's not my fault I grew. It's not my fault I was born. It's not my fault I'm 27. God damn it. I'm 27. I'm 27. This is your first podcast as a 27-year-old. Yes. How are you? How are you feeling? Does it feel... So different. Um, it's kind of a little scary, not gonna lie, because I keep thinking like, oh, I'm like really close to thirty. And thirty is flirty and thriving. We That's love thirty. True. So why would you feel weird about that? That's I don't understand. <laughs> thirty, I guess, is fine, but thirty-one, talk to me then. Oh God. I'm hoping that like it's gonna be offended. They're right. Some people can pull it off. <laughs> Some people can pull off thirty. Some people can pull it off. Some people can pull off thirty. For example, all the thirty-year-olds that we know. Right. That's exactly. exactly who we're talking about. Exactly. Please don't be mad. At us. Please don't be mad at me. It's um, just very much like, oh, I still like. I love closer to thirty than yeah. you are. To- 20. And I still, like, I lo- I mean, I love my apartment. There's nothing, like, wrong with that. And, like, I have my dog, but it's just, like, right. oh, I'm still, like, kind of poor. Yeah. I was under the Not assumption. Yeah. No. I mean, nobody our age has money, so that's, like, fine, which sucks. I think that's just, like, the norm. But, like, oh, I'm, I, I didn't realize that, like, loans uh-huh. were a thing when yeah. I was younger. No. Same. I just. I mean, I understood them, but I definitely have thoughts of being, or like, memories of being like, later Hannah can deal with that. Right. And now I'm later Hannah, and I'm like, fuck you, right? Eighteen year old Hannah, who's right. just like doing nothing and <laughs> spending money that I didn't have. Just gonna keep Christ, taking I'm out loans. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep taking out loans. It's fine. Like it's fine. I'm just gonna do other this. Other Hannah thing. can deal with that. Oh. And now <laughs> other Hannah is dealing with it. I other Hannah's mad. Right. She didn't want to be other Hannah. Right. I didn't know I was gonna turn into other Hannah. Exactly. <laughs> she was fair. a separate entity. <laughs> A separate entity. How was I to know? <laughs> you had no idea. Yeah. You were bamboozled. You were ambushed by age. This is, I, exactly. Yes. I was ambushed. You were ambushed by age. I feel attacked by my former self. <laughs> yes. Well, same. Yeah. Rude. Yeah. All our former selves. Um, I love that shirt. I love when you wear that shirt. Thank you. I should wear that shirt more. My Guillermo del Toro shirt that I got from... With monsters. His, uh, yes, his monster exhibit at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. That's cool as shit. Right. I always loved the makeup in Guillermo del Toro's movies, and I always loved that a lot of the time it's Doug Jones underneath all that makeup. 
I didn't know. Oh my god, Doug Jones is like very well known. Didn't we? Who did we talk about before? We were talking the about guy mother, but someone the long arms. <laughs> yeah, no, Tet. Long arms, but yes, him. Yes. I thought that would be Doug Jones. Doug Jones is another lang- langly, mm. gross-armed man. A gangly fuck. A gangly, langly fuck. But, my, um, so my ideal man. He's a sweetheart. <laughs> oh, do you know him personally? No, but I watched so many interviews with him. He's so sweet. He literally just looks like such a fun guy, and he's, like, oh. so happy that he, like, gets to do this kind of weird... Oh. Shelby agrees. <laughs> Shelby agrees. She's, like, not happy with the lack of attention. I brought... Her little doggy bed up next to us so she could chill, and right. she still had to go. Ah, like, Excuse me. Hi, I'm Ray. She here. just wanted to let you know that she's also a big fan of Doug Jones. Yes, she loves it. She's like, I'm long. I'm long. I'm also a fan. I'm Should long. we put you in some monster makeup? Man? Yeah, put your monster mask. She just like just needs attention. We literally went on two walks already today, but it's not enough. Oh my god. It's only 12.30. Right. It, like, noon. Noon. It's noon. And right. you went on two walks already? Right. Because it's just nothing's good enough for her. Damn. Right. I know. Maybe. Anyways. But, no, I, Doug Jones loves it because he gets to do this kind of niche weird thing where he gets to be monsters all day. Oh, my and God. And he and Guillermo are just, like, buds. <sighs> He's like, hey, Doug, I got this creepy monster. And Doug's like, give it to me. Oh, yes. Oh. Now I will pet you as well. I love, like, a constant <clears throat> friendship collab. Yeah, like a Tim Burton, uh, Helena Bonham Carter... Johnny Depp situation. Yes. That, I love th- it. That's a trio. That is a great Did you trio. know that Johnny Depp is there is Tim Burton and Helen Bonham Carter's children's godparent? No, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not either. I think that there's probably they've probably all boned. That oh seems. my god, for sure. Because also Helen Bonham Carter and Tim Burton were never married. They were only like common law married. Oh really? Yeah. And Are they also th- had separate houses. I know so much weird shit about them. <laughs> I kinda yeah. They had separate houses that like connected. So they would, like, they had, like, their own spaces, but then they also had, like, a together space. Oh, that's like my dream come true. That's, like, kind of nice. You get your, like, alone time, but, like, a legit your own space, not just, like, this is my office. No. Your own space. Like, your own house. Your own customized (laughs) space to the way that you... It's it's like getting a a duplex, but, like, getting a... Or, like, a adjoining hotel room. Yes. That's what it is. Nice. Right? Good for them. They're not together anymore, are they? No. Uh, it does make me sad. Oh, maybe there was too much space. I do think they're still friends. Again, I think their whole dynamic is just weird in right. general. But it works for them, and right. I love that. They do have at least one kid together, so that I'm sure they're at least co-parenting right. well. Oh, I'm sure. We love a co-parent situation. <laughs> exactly. And if you're comfortable with threesomes with Johnny Depp, which I'm sure is a thing, I mean, you're probably comfortable just, like, with everything. How do you feel? I don't really know how we got to this point. Maybe it was because I Johnny Depp is a little bit of a controversial character right now. Yes. Um, which I don't... I, I feel like I can't really weigh in either. I don't really know anything about it. Right. Enough to know to weigh in. makes me feel icky right now. Yeah. Um, but... So then it made me think of Justin Timberlake, because <laughs> Jessica Biel is, like, an anti-vaxxer, oh. and, like, they were in the news because of that, but what I wanted to ask you about was, did you see Justin Timberlake's dick print? <laughs> dick print? No. Yes. Immediate sweatpants. Yes. You have to Google Justin Timberlake dick print sweatpants. Justin. It's, like, on stage. It's ridiculous. Timberlake. Well, his albums haven't been doing well, so he's got to yeah, do something. might as well just, you know. 
not wear boxers or whatever the hell he's doing. Also, Justin or Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Also, just posted like a wet swimsuit picture. Oh, I did see like, that. Whoa! <laughs> I did see that one. Here we go. Well, let me see. Oh, are these just various men with bulges? Oh. <laughs> I think I've hit the jackpot. Ooh. No penis sock for Justin Timberlake, I see. It was the title of a Jezebel article. <laughs> Give me the pics. Well, I don't want your words. Give me the dick. Give me the picture in question. I don't want all of these words. I don't want your, like... Nobody asked about your opinion. We just want the dick print. Oh. 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 <laughs> okay. Oh. 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 <laughs> okay. I literally was, like, crying laughing because everyone's like, this is what... <laughs> is he erect? Or is Sorry. that just... Flaccid. Sorry, this caption is El Gran Pineda, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Spanish. El Gran Pineda. Is it like, is he erect or is that just. It, no, I don't think so because if you look at it, it looks like his dick's just kind of like, you know how sometimes like flaccid penises are just, they're just like, just kind of in. Yeah, they're just like, to the side. <laughs> that's what it looks like. Oh god, yeah, it does. Yeah, it's just kind of like, it looks like he's not, it looks like he's not wearing. Boxers. It's probably not. He's probably just wearing sweatpants and then, like, no shade to Justin Timberlake, but, like, his albums, like, we can all agree, have not been as best as they have Oh, my God, it's because he been. married an anti-vaxxer. True. <laughs> True. And she's poisoned. She, yes. She, I, I'm mad see, at her. I knew it. I don't I knew like it. Jessica Biel. I knew I didn't like yeah, her. No. I knew I didn't like her. Yeah, same. No, that's exactly. Not. When she when it came out about that, she was. I was literally like, yep, that makes complete yeah. sense. I knew I didn't like her. Nope. But she does do really well on the, the show The Sinner. She, like, yes, she was really good. The first season's really good. Yes. I haven't. I haven't seen the second season. The, the second one was really good. Yes. The second season isn't bad. I just haven't really, like, been in the mood to watch. I watched, like, a few episodes. I'm not sure of the direction it's going to take. My thing with Jessica Biel is that I feel like there are so many other generic-looking white women who are mediocre actors like she is that could do what she does equally better or whatever. Right. So, like, why do we keep giving Jessica Biel? <laughs> she is a producer I on that really show. I feel really bad. Right. I mean, But she, I just don't like her. <laughs> yeah. She is a producer on that show... So I guess that's like something other than acting. I'm sure she, she's, you know, producing. Right. I'm just sick of looking at her. I don't think she's she's not in the second season. I think I also, I think it probably comes from like I grew up watching Seventh Heaven, yes. and she was so fucking annoying on that show. Mm-hmm. Like her character, that wasn't even her fault. Right. That was her character, and so I think I'm just like destined to hate her. Right. She probably she's probably very nice, other than the end. Right. <laughs> There's literally. A lot of care. There's a lot of actors that people, were, they were so good at their roles that people hate them and they don't get cast anymore. Yeah. Like the who was the guy from the Titanic? The bad guy. The bad like. Yeah. He does. He always looks bad. Yeah. He, or he always gets cast. Before that, he got cast yeah. in, in. Well, there's like Killian Murphy too, who just looks like a serial killer. Mm-hmm. And if you like cast it, he would never be able to get cast in like yeah. a rom com or like a leading yeah. man. <laughs> nope. Literally, the guy from the Lizzie McGuire movie. Doesn't get cast because oh God, of Paolo. Because yeah, a bunch of teen girls hated him. So oh. can you think of anything he's been in since Lizzie McGuire? Well, I mean, it's not like Liz, his performance of well. Lizzie McGuire was above and beyond. Well. Well. <laughs> I'm not saying enough to I'm believe saying, it. I'm not saying that clearly. enough to believe he's shitty. <laughs> he's shitty. Look at Killian Murphy. Like I can't. Oh, yeah, you are terrifying. Mm-hmm. Look at your bone structure. Yeah. 
William Defoe would also never be yes. a romantic lead. No. But then there's people that are like like Jack Black in The Holiday. You would never, yeah. ever guess that Jack Black yeah. would be in a rom like a leading man. Yeah. With fucking Kate Winslet. Yeah. I, I actually love like that. that. <laughs> and you know what? Matthew McConaughey, when he started acting, people thought he could only do romantic comedies, but hello, Dallas Buyers Club. Oh my god. Uh, fucking, what, uh, what's that one? Dallas Buyers Club is so good. I know. And what was that one? The show with Woody Harrelson? Um, oh, that was on, it was on like stars. Yeah. Some, it's like the, Some it's the true. sheriff or like the, the true detective. True detective. True detective? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, would you, would you expect? Matthew McConaughey lost weight and all of a sudden he's a serious actor. Yeah. That's how you become a serious actor. You just lose a fuckload of weight. Yeah. That's like Chris Hemsworth when he did that, um, Jesus movie that no one saw. The, no, it was the whale one. Who's the whale? The, 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 the Moby Dick. I think so. Yes. Wasn't there a movie about that? And I'm sure. Like, but he lost, he lost like all of his body fat, and then, like, nobody fucking saw that. <laughs> right, because it wasn't... Cause it was horrible. Chris Hemsworth. Right, because, right. like, also, who wants to watch... Who wants to watch that? Nobody wanted to read that book. Right. What movie okay. is Okay, I think that's actually kind of a famous book. I wouldn't say that nobody wanted to read it. Moby Dick? <laughs> yeah. Okay, defend Moby Dick. That's fine. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Um, okay, wait, Chris? Nobody even wanted to win that Pulitzer Prize winning book. I don't actually know if it won anything. And also, winning an award just means you're pretentious. It doesn't mean you're good. Let's exactly. be honest. It was... Have you read... Had you... Have you read Moby Dick? No. It's boring. I didn't want to read it. Exactly. Why are you trying to defend Moby Dick? <laughs> I feel like I've just been the devil's advocate lately. That's fine. That's fine. I will I will back down on things that if I really feel like I am being offensive, but if I'm offending any Moby Dickers, come on in. We can <laughs> talk about it. Anti-vaxxers and Moby Dickers. Moby Dickers. That's the hill I'll die on. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, no, I want to find it. I want to find the movie he was in. So, um, Thor. 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 Snow White and the Huntsman. Ooh, that was a good one. Ooh, Keanu Reeves, both action and romance. You need to watch Always Be My Maybe. Was he in that? Keanu Reeves plays Keanu Reeves. It's amazing. I love when people play themselves. Oh my god. It's like the most insane parody oh version of Keanu Reeves. At Dude. one point, he's literally like, hit me! And the other guy's like, no! And then just punches him. He's like, I just punched Keanu Reeves. Oh my god. Dude, also James Vanderbeek in The Bee in so Apartment sweet. 23. Oh, what a fucking underrated show. I love I don't know we why We need I got to have the same episode about about shows that got canceled. Yes. Like, I love underrated. That show. Let's we freaks and down. freaks and geeks. Freaks and geeks Firefly was really good, which you probably didn't watch. Never it was a little saw nerdy. Um Be in t- Apartment oh, oh, Don't trust the Bee in Apartment 23 was so good. Anyway, season 3, episode 3. Um uh, my name is Teresa. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story. Okay, go for it. So this uh, this source is biography.com. We love it. And uh, we're going to take it back to London, 1797. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So William Godwin, he's a philosopher, he's a political writer. Uh, his wife, Mary Wollstonecraft, is a feminist. She's I'm also sorry. a writer. Her name is Mary Wollstonecraft? Yes. Wow. Yes, That's it's all name. one word, too. Okay. Wollstonecraft. Wollstonecraft. Uh, they had a baby girl, and they named her Mary. Uh, sadly, Mary's mother, Mary, died shortly after her birth, but from a fever, not from childbirth relations, so the dad doesn't have to hate her. Not a requirement, but usually happens. 1798, William published memoirs of the author of A Vindication of the Rights of Woman. Yep, uh, because it was something Mary wrote before death. Um, it was shocking, though, because it revealed that she had an affair with a soldier, 
So William not only had to take care of Mary, but her half-sister Fanny, which in England means vagina. I don't Uh know why they named her Fanny. But he was in a lot of debt and felt like he needed help raising them. Uh, December 1801, he got remarried to yet another woman named Mary. Oh my god, we love! We love the name Mary. Mary Jane Claremont. Mary Um, Mary's. We actually don't like this Mary, though. She had two kids on her own. It was Charles and Claire. She just didn't like Mary or Fanny. Literally, no one did. Besides William, and their marriage was quoted to be a success, but it's just kind of like, is it a success if she hates your kids? <laughs> is it? I mean, how do we define success? Yeah, I, I mean, this is like, I suppose it's a success if one doesn't die. What year is this? <laughs> it's, yes, you're correct. 1808, it is a success if your kid doesn't die. Uh, Mary, the kid, not the stepmom, okay. published her first poem at her dad's publishing company, but not in a, my dad owns this, please, <laughs> way. Like, she is a good writer, and okay. we'll find out later. 1809, oh, his company failed. Oh, no. He was poor. He had to keep borrowing money. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm going to guess it's because they post, he published a lot of feminist stuff, and back in the 1800s, prob- people probably didn't want to buy it. Wow. Right, he tried to start a revolution, and for that, he ended up not having any money, but it's okay. You know what? None of us have any money. Exactly. So. We are all We're right there William with Godwin. We're all with you, William. Uh, so Mary didn't get a formal education, but she studied a lot with her dad's books. An but, independent study queen. Right, because, well, like, other Mary, stepmom Mary just, like, wouldn't let her go to school. Of course. Right. God damn it. But she would read these by her mother's grave. Oh, morbid. I love it. Right. When she was 15, she was a singularly bold, somewhat imperious, and active of mind. Her desire of knowledge is great, and her perseverance in anything she undertakes almost invincible. Which word did I pronounce wrong? No, no, I just want to <laughs> know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just leaned forward halfway through her talking and she just stopped. Which one was it? I'm so sorry. No, I, her mind is imperious. Is that what they said? Um, active mind. So singularly bold, somewhat imperious and active mind. I don't know what that word means. That's what I was wondering. It's a direct quote from her father. Assuming power or authority without justification, arrogant or domineering. Interesting. Perfect. Okay, cool. Um, do you know who we're talking about yet? Isn't it, it's her name's Mary? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I have, okay. I'm I'm trying to guess, but I'm not. Oh, is it Mary Shelley? It is Mary. Yes! Oh, yay! Yeah. Exciting. Okay, Her cool. life is super sad. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Well, of course it is because she was like a creative. Right. And was good at it. Exactly. So. The creatives they must suffer. <laughs> um. So she went to Scotland for a summer <laughs> to. The courageous, we must suffer. Uh, she went to Scotland for a summer to live with her dad's friend and was like, oh, this is a normal family dynamic. Oh, but wait for the irony. She started dating one of her dad's students whom she met in Scotland. Uh, He was a poet. His name was Percy Shelley. But here's the twist. He was married. Oh. Right. In March 1814, he was like, hey, I love your daughter. Also, I will bail you out of debt. Nice. Right. So his family, Percy's family started to hate him. Because he was too radical and they were aristocrats. And they wouldn't give him money. So Percy was like, I take, I'm so sorry. I take that back. Um, I can't actually pay off your debt. Okay. Um, but also, I'm still gonna date your daughter, even though he's married. Still. Right. Okay. He, yes, he is. It is. He is still and married. Still married. <laughs> he's still married. So her dad's obviously like felt betrayed because of the right, money thing. Not only are you gonna not, you're gonna make my daughter a whore. You're not gonna give right. me any money for exactly. it. Exactly. Rude. Mm-hmm. And Percy and Mary. 
the, the Mary Shelley. Uh-huh. Now, I don't think I touch on the stepmom anymore. They snuck off to hang in the graveyard. So kind of my ideal day. Oh, yes. Right. A spooky queen. I, yes. I relate for because of the spookiness mm-hmm. and also some other things. Yeah. I, too, wrote a famous novel. <laughs> Did you know? Yeah. This is actually the announcement for your famous novel. <laughs> Published it through my dad's failing publishing company. At the post office. <laughs> right. At the post office. <laughs> he, send, he just sends it to people. Right. That's how it gets published. <laughs> A mailer. <laughs> he just like sends it like, out. All right, here I go. The actual Everyone novel. He just he worked in that cover. right. He worked in the IT department, so he was able to manipulate. Ooh. And was just like, here's my daughter's novel. Please. Take um. It. He didn't retire. He got fired. In June 1814, Percy was like, I love Mary. Uh, he could not hide his ardent passion, so she lost her virginity to him. Does his wife care about any of this? Like, oh yeah, I know. She a hundred percent does. Okay, um, cool. Lost the V card in a cemetery. Ooh, cemetery. Very much your um, right. She was seventeen. He was twenty-two. Wow. Right. Uh, Mary described herself attra- as attracted to Shelley's wild, intellectual, unearthly looks. Ooh. To Mary's dismay, her father disapproved, and he tried to thwart the relationship. And she was like, Dad, why do you hate him? He's like a liberal and a reformist just like you. Like, Dad, you said that marriage was a repressive monopoly. And then he then was like, never mind, I take that back. Or her dad was like, never mind. Never mind. His dad also hated her because he didn't approve of his son's bohemian lifestyle. So both right. parents hated the other. Right, well, because they're just like openly having an illicit affair. Right, exactly. Then they run off to France, but they brought her stepdaughter. Her name was Claire. Claire Claremont. Oh, mm-hmm. a name. Mary's actions alienated her from her father, who did not speak to her for some time. So, just like her mom, you know, adultery is fine, because again, Percy, still married, and his wife, uh, to note, was pregnant when they ran off together. Mm-hmm. Casual. Casual pregnancy. Um, but they had to come back because they were poor. <laughs> and they found out Mary was pregnant, and her dad wanted nothing to do with her, so... But she was, like, genuinely shocked. So her, <laughs> Does she not know how babies are made? She doesn't. She was, like, shocked that her dad didn't care. Oh. That's... Right. I mean, I could have seen that coming. Also, Mary. back in the 1800s, maybe they didn't know how babies worked. That's true. Out here, coming inside of one another. They were just like, it's good for the soul. It's good. My semen is just as powerful as I am. Rub some semen on your head. It'll grow some hair. <laughs> I don't know. Rub some semen on your face. Let me, it's good for your skin. It's it is though. Is it, or is that... Where's the science and who's... Is it that on? male marketing techniques? Is I don't it? know. I just read it online. <laughs> Well, I did check it. Out the no, I, I want to hear it from a female scientist. Someone who likes to get cum on their face needs right. to do a scientific study to right. see if it improves but your... what if they like getting cum came on their face so much they want everybody to get cum on their face and then again... No, we only need people... We need a solid group of people who only like to get cum <laughs> on their face and that's a control group and then we also need people who like to get cum on their face, but also want other people to get cum on their face. Right. Like a, a, right. a group coming. But how are we going to provide the and placebo then, cum? And then, um, <laughs> it's just, we just need to get some, like, uh, deep conditioner. Okay, perfect. Like, okay, okay, the thing, here's where I went wrong. I imagined men actually ejaculating on the face, and I was like, oh, where are we going to find men who can secretly do? And then I realized jars oh, exist. Yeah, so I was just jars. thinking we would just do, yeah, well, I guess I had it, I was mostly focused on the control groups. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> and then, and then, experiment. And then yeah. I got the placebo yep. groups covered. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Uh, well, let me, let's also see if uh, men with failed sperm 
it's the same thing, you know? Like, what if your yeah. sperm don't work? Oh, my God. We yeah, have a lot of work to sperm do. Count? We have a lot of work There's a lot of sexual studies that need to right. be done. Is it the... It's a whole area of science that's undiscovered. Exactly. We can make millions of dollars. Exactly. <laughs> now, we just... I'm, it's not going to be hard to find men to jerk off. I was going to say, now, now we just need men to voluntarily give us their cum. Yes, exactly. That's small We can Let's really... this. <laughs> yeah. Do we need to? We can just go to a bar. <laughs> just go to a bar. We can just walk outside. Just call. Just open this window. Right. Okay. Um, I forgot what we were talking okay. about. Mary Shelley, okay. pregnant. Um, moved in with Claire and Percy. Okay. So then his wife, her name is Harriet Hogg, gave birth to a lot of alliteration. Harriet Hogg. Claire Claremont. Mm-hmm. Um, Bert gave birth to their kid, and on top of that, Percy was sneaking around with Claire. And you want to know who consoled Mary about the Claire thing? Harriet Hogg. Um, I'm sorry, isn't Claire his daughter, stepdaughter? No, it's Mary's stepsister. Claire is Mary's stepsister, Percy is the guy, um, and then Harriet Hogg is Percy's Percy's wife. wife. Oh my god. Right. What the fuck, Percy? Right. What the fuck, Harriet? Stand up for yourself. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, But but also. Right. What the fuck? Yep. But, okay, so, and then Percy wanted her to fuck Claire... And she wasn't opposed to it, but it never happened. They just, like, flirted. Because they're not related. It's just, like, a stepsister thing. Yeah, which is also weird, but uh, the whole category of, of porn, porn, I'm sure. Yeah, of, yeah, no, 100%. That's oh. all you can find on there. Oh, God. Right. I'm just um, on there looking for my normal sexing. I just want a normal sex. I just want Missionary, where it looks like no one's having any fun. Right. <laughs> right. So, again, like, basically, Mary's having all this trouble... Um, and st- expects comfort from Harry, and she gives it to her. Um, but, like, her, like, Ma- Mary gave birth, and her baby died. Oh, no. Right. And then <laughs> she wrote Harriet, I, wo- I awoke in the night to give it a suck, or to give it suck. It appeared to be sleeping so quietly that I would not awake it. It was dead then. But we did not find that out till morning. From its appearance, it evidently died of convulsions. Will you come? You are so calm a creature, and Shelley is afraid of a fever from the milk, for I am no longer a mother now. That was her letter to Harriet. Oh, my God. Sorry for stealing your husband. Sorry. Will you come comfort me? Because my baby died. Yes, exactly. What the fuck? Um, so Percy's grandpa died. So they're rich now. She had another kid whose name was William, but they called him Wilma- Wilmouse. Don't know why. Wilmouse? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they all started vac- vacationing again, not with Harriet. They met up with Lord Byron, also married, also had an affair with Claire. Claire is now pregnant. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. These two ladies are just very open. Mm-hmm. Interesting um, for the year. Mary just decided to go by Miss Shelley by now. Oh. Not married. Um, so, okay, so then let's get into this stuff. They started to read some ghost stories. Lord Byron was like, hey, let's write our own. Mary couldn't think of anything, and she started thinking about corpses, normal thing. She had some bad dreams. She began writing what she assumed would be a short story, Bing, Bang, Boom, Frankenstein. Really? Yeah. Was that, like, her first go at it? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Good for her. Exactly. Or it's also called the modern Prometheus. It is, actually. Right. 
Um, so they're still trying to hide Claire's pregnancy. Mary started getting letters from Fanny, who was her half-sister, about how unhappy she was. Uh, she got a letter on October 9th, October 10th. Uh, Fanny was found dead in a hotel room with a suicide note and a pill bottle. Aww. Right. Just so you know, his wife, Harriet, who he is still married to, also committed suicide. Sad. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Right. Harriet's family tried to take away Percy's kids that he had with Harriet. Mary was like, yeah, you should. Uh, but then she oh. married him on December 30th. Mary is pregnant again. Mary's dad and stepmom were like, I guess we don't hate you anymore. Well, okay, but stepmom always hated her. Claire finally had a kid. Her name was Alba, but they were like, just kidding, you're Allegra now. Um, Mary, Claire, and Percy still living together. Mary had her third kid, Clara. And then the courts decided that Percy was morally unfit and can't have the kids that Harriet was birthed of them. Uh, so they gave him to a clergyman. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like her family didn't even take them? Yep. Uh, January 1818, she published Frankenstein, but she was listed as anonymous at first. So reviewers and readers assumed Harry Shelley was the author, since the book was published with his preface, preface, whatever, uh, and dedicated to his political hero, William Godwin, Mary's dad, because let's get in good. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Mary's kid Clara died. The other one died. Oh, God. So she's zero for three right now on the survival rate. All of her kids died? All kids dead. What about her sister's kids? Are they still live there? Okay. I'm not sure. So then she had another kid named him Percy. He survives to adulthood. So Mary isn't depressed anymore. She's living in Italy. She's feeling very creative. Is she Um, still married to Percy? Yeah, he's still there. Okay. Uh, But also by then, Mary, she gets sick a lot. Bless you, baby. I think you just want attention. Um, Mary's sick. Percy... Her husband, not not kid, yep. was fucking around with other women. She was depressed about that, but claims she shared his beliefs in non-exclusivity. She formed emotional ties of her own among the men and women of her circle. Ooh. So she's, like, lying to herself. Like, she's like, no, I'm totally fine with my husband sleeping around and right. doing the same. Well, Super end of Mary. You're not okay. It's okay to not be okay with that. So, 1820, people randomly accused Mary and Percy, the husband, of telling people this kid Elena was theirs when really these people said it was Claire's the stepsister Mm -hmm. not sure why Mary was like I would know if she was pregnant it was not Mary's kid and now she thinks Italy is filled with devils and hates it so people were randomly just like you are saying this is your kid and she's like I don't understand I don't get it right Um, and then they left yeah oh Uh, but the kid died anyway okay Mm -hmm. yep um, 1822. Whoever's kid it was. Right. We don't know. She's dead. Doesn't matter. Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, people are just dying. Uh, Mary gets pregnant again, 1822. How many times has she been pregnant I now? think it's like five. Six? Jesus Christ. Maybe. Uh, she has a miscarriage. Oh Almost dies. Uh, Percy sticks her in a bathtub instead of calling a doctor. Oh my God. And then a doctor came and was like, you saved her. What? Yeah. Claire was informed that her kid, who she gave to Byron, <gasps> keep in mind it was Byron's kid, died also. Oh Still, my God. only one kid is alive, and that's Percy. The one that's named after mm-hmm. Percy. Okay. Exactly. 
Percy's fucking around with this lady named Jane, and he started writing poems for her instead of his depressed wife. Wow. But, like, are you shocked he already left one wife? Right. Well, he also said he's into, not into monogamy. Right. Like, you, le- he left one wife for you who, like, you know is a good person. Yeah, clearly. What was her name? Harriet? Harriet Hogg. Harriet Hogg tried to help you. Exactly. So it's like, why would you leave that beautiful woman? But don't worry, because Percy drowned oh. while he was sailing with a friend and then died. Well, that's what he deserves. Right. Um, So let's keep in mind, uh, Mary is 24. Shut the fuck up! Mm -hmm. At this point, she is 24. She's been pregnant five times. Yeah. 24. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. But she was still devoted to preserving her husband's legacy, so she still, like, tried to publish his poems. Oh, God. Sounds like she had an unhealthy obsession. Yeah, well, attachment issues. I'm right there with you, girl. (laughs) We're here for it. We're here for it. So, 1823, she's broke. She's got to move back with her dad. And is like, I'm just going to write and chill with my kid now that my husband's dead. And then I wrote, they reused too many fucking names. Percy, the husband's dad, Sir Timothy, was like, I'll only give you money if you give Percy, the kid, to a different guardian. And she was like, no. That's how much he hated her. He was like, I'm going to give Percy the child m- money, but mm-hmm. I've, you got to give him up because I hate you. Right. Uh, she said no. She moves closer to be with Jane, the other woman, because oh. Mary was in love with her. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How very Frida Kahlo of her. Right. Jane later disillusioned her by gossiping that Percy had preferred her to Mary, owing to Mary's inadequacy as a wife. Oh, yeah. Wow. Jane seems like a dick. Mm-hmm. And she assisted a series of friends who were writing memoirs of Byron, who also died in that boat wreck. Oh, um, God. Mm-hmm. And she's still trying to, like, immoral- immortalize her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, then she met American actor John Howard Payne and writer Washington Irvine. Irvin, whatever. Payne fell in love with her and in 1826 asked her to marry him. She refused, mm-hmm. saying that after being married to one genius, she couldn't marry another. Ooh. Payne accepted the rejection and tried without success to talk his friend Irving into proposing himself. Why? I don't know. Probably because, like, he's a great girl. She's a great girl. One of us should have her. Great, but she just told you she doesn't want you. Exactly. Mary was... Listen! A- mm-hmm. Mary was aware of Payne's plan, but how seriously she took it is unclear. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. So, now, 1826, the child, Percy, became the legal heir of the Shelley estate after the death of his half-brother, Charles, his father's son by Harriet Shelley. Mm-hmm. Sir Timothy raised Mary's allowance from 100 euro a year to 250 euro. Nice. But... Remained as difficult as ever. Mary enjoyed the stimulating society of William Goodwin's circle, but poverty prevented her from socializing as she wished. She also felt ostracized by those who, like Sir Timothy, still disapproved of her relationship with Percy. He's dead. Yeah, why do people care anymore? Right. It's called a grudge. (laughs) Get over it. (laughs) Get over it. He's dead. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. No, I stole him from Harriet, but, like, he's dead now. Right. So. Um, this Let is, me into your cool exactly. yacht club. Right. <laughs> this is kind of a cool thing that she did. Love so it. Mary Shelley was party to a scheme that enabled her friend Isabel Robinson and Isabel's lover, Mary Diane Dodds, who wrote under the name David Lindsay to embark on a life together in France yes. as man and wife. With the help of Payne, whom she kept in the dark about the details, Mary Shelley obtained false passports for the couple. So nice. she basically helped this lesbian couple be together in France. Cute. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, uh, she fell ill with smallpox while visiting them in Paris. She recovered unscarred, but without her youthful beauty. Oh, no. I know. Is she not, like, 27? That's, yeah, it's 1824, so I think she's 1820. She's not 1828. She's 1828. <laughs> Whatever, she's at some point. She is older. From 1827 to 1840, she was busy as an editor and writer. She wrote novels and stories for ladies' magazines. Cool. Still helping to support her father, and they looked out for publishers for each other. Nice. So then 1830, she sold the copyright for a new edition of Frankenstein for 60 euros. 1836, dad dies. He's 80. Kudos to living that long. Wow, that is impressive. Mm -hmm. So then she assembled his memoirs for publication, uh, which he had requested in his will. But after two years of work, she abandoned the project. Still trying to get Percy's poems published, though. Wow. Mm -hmm. What a dick. (laughs) Mary, Mm -hmm. get over it. Exactly. Percy's works were well-known and increasingly admired by 1837. His dad was like, no biography, but she did it anyway. (laughs) So I love that his dad is literally like, I hate everything you're doing. Exactly. And she's like, I don't care. I'm trying to, like, immortalize your son. You still hate me. Cool. So Mary's still a feminist. Still looking out for the lesbians. Still kicking it. Percy was, you know, devoted to his mother, and after he left university in 1841, he came to live with her. They traveled a lot. 1844, Sir Timothy finally died at the age of 90. Holy shit. Now, Percy and Mary are financially independent, finally. In the 1840s, people tried to blackmail her because of incriminating letters, and she was like, no thanks. And then nothing nothing came from it. Um, Percy... Florence married Jane Gibson St. John. The marriage proved a happy one, and Mary Shelley and Jane were fond of each other. Mary lived with her son and daughter-in-law, and they all traveled together. Cute. Right. Mary's last years were blighted by illness. From 1839, she suffered headaches, paralysis, kept her from reading and writing. Um, She died on February 1st, 1851. She was 53, uh, and it was suspected to be a brain tumor. Holy shit. According to Jane Shelley, Mary Shelley had asked to be buried with her mother and father. Wikipedia said she didn't end up being buried with them, but biography.com said she was. Biography.com said she was also buried with ashes of Percy, but Wikipedia said the ashes were found in a drawer a year later with her diary and locks of her dead children's hair. Oh. And this is uh, the last thing. Her lasting legacy remains the classic tale of Frankenstein. The struggle between a monster and its creator has been an enduring part of popular culture. In 1994, Kenneth Branagh directed and starred in a film adaption of Shelley's novel. Gilderoy Lockhart from Harry Potter. Ah, nice. Kenneth Branagh. The film also starred Robert De Niro, Tom Holtz, Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, Her work also inspired some spoofs such as Young Frankenstein starring Gene Wilder. Shelley's mm-hmm. monsters live on in such modern thrillers as I, Frankenstein, as well. Yeah. So, legacy much. Nicely done. Right. Um, what do you got for me? It's We got time because a, she's a shorty. Mm. Um, that was beautiful. You're shorty. We love her. So I was doing some wikipedia mm-hmm. and I kind of fell down a hole, and then I found the National Women's Hall of Fame Wikipedia page. Yes. And there's literally just uh, A to Z people. And so I was like, yeah. No, 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 that's fine. And so I was like, absolutely give me all these people. So I clicked on a couple random names and we're going to talk about Gertrude Ederly today. Oh, tell me. So Gertrude was born on October 23rd, 1905. She was the third of six children, daughter of German immigrants. And when she was 12, 
Utterly started swimming at the Women's Swimming Association, mm-hmm. where she had to pay a yearly due of $3. I can't afford that. <laughs> in order to swim in the tiny indoor Manhattan pool, because we're still in Manhattan, so perfect. The WSA was considered the center of competitive swimming. The sport was becoming increasingly popular with the evolution of the bathing suit that had made it easier to get through the water. So this is, like, right when women were actually able to, like, wear a suit suit. Mm. Like, not, like, a full-on fucking dress situation. So then... The WSA director, Charlotte Epi Epstein, was already urging the AAU, which I had to Google because never explained what that was. It's the Amateur Athletic Union. Hmm. She was already urging them to endorse women's swimming as a sport in 1917. And in 1919, she pressured the AAU to allow swimmers to remove their stockings for competition as long as they quickly put on a robe once they got out of the water. Yeah, was that for men or for both women? I think it was for women. Because I, I remember hearing from one of the dollop episodes that men could swim naked, but, you mm-hmm. know, women had to be, had to be in a turtleneck. Mm-hmm. Like, full-on, like, downs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'm okay with that. Let's you know, go back to that ball. You know what? Let's do it. <laughs> you know what? How warm is that water? <laughs> Let's go. Jizz experiment? A go. I just watched an episode of Bob's Burgers where it had- it's the new season. Have you seen the new season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's where they where they lose the ring in the water park. Mm-hmm. And Gene talks about it. He goes, I knew it made my penis small when I went in the water, but my fingers as well. And, and literally, Gina's, or Tina's like, finger, fingers are the weenies of the fi- or of the hand or something. And I literally was dying laughing. I, I just realized there's a whole new season of Bob's Burgers that I, like, haven't made it through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. I love when I, like, forget up to watch shows. And mm-hmm. then, like, I come back and I'm like, yeah. I have so much. Okay, so she's at the AAU. Oh, no, she's at the WSA. The AAU is finally allowing women to basically wear actual swimsuits as long as they immediately cover up once they're out of the water. Because, God forbid. And then Lewis Hanley was another member of the WSA. And he developed an improvement to a swim move called the Australian Crawl in which swimmers did three kicks and then turned to the side to take a breath and then do a scissor kick. The new move that was eventually dubbed the American Crawl was an eight-beat variation and would eventually be adopted by Adderley. Just keep that in mind, and eventually that becomes important. But hmm. uh, Handley, along with Epstein, made New York female swimmers a force to be reckoned with at the WSA. And in Adderley's first year at the club, she set her first world record in the 1880-yard freestyle... Or no, the 880-yard freestyle... Uh, becoming the youngest world record holder in swimming. She was 12. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, is this the original woman you were talking about? Uh-huh. This is Adderley's, this is in her first, in her first year at this WSA club where she's paying $3 to go. So this, swim. the whole time she's been 12. Mm-hmm. She's been 12 the whole time. Yeah. Well, so Louis Hanley is one of the people that was working there and Epstein's one of the directors. So like, she's basically being tutored under Louis Hanley and Epstein. And they're creating these, like, women swimmers that are just, like, powerhouses. So she's like, here's what we need to do. We need to change the swimsuit situation. We need to update this move. Mm-hmm. We got to get some girls in here. Mm-hmm. Amazing. 12-year-old. No, no, no. She's not doing that. Oh. <laughs> the I thought these were her ideas. No. No. She's just at the WSA while this is happening. Um, I'm less an into it. Less impressed. <laughs> but, no. So she's 12. But she, so this is her first year at this club where she's getting tutored by these people that mm. are saying, Epstein, who they called Epi, who gives me major lesbian vibes. That's a, just a big, a big assumption on mm-hmm. my part. But I like that they call her Epi. And she's like, to the W, or the AAU, she's like, you need to allow these women to actually swim and not be wearing stockings and all this other bullshit. 
And then Louis Hanley was Hanley was like, hey, this is a swim move called the Australian crawl. I'm going to make it better. And I'm going to call it the American crawl. And so, cool. right, exactly. So then that's how, or that's essentially the swim move that Ederly learns. So then at age 12, she's breaking world records and becomes the youngest world record holder in swimming. So then in the years 1921 to 1925, Ederly held 29 U.S. national and world records she set eight more world records after her first world record when she was 12. <laughs> At the 1924 Summer Olympics in Paris, Ederly won a gold medal as a member of the first U.S. as the first place U.S. team in the 400 meter freestyle relay. I don't know how to say these swimming terms. Mm-hmm. Together with her American relay teammates, Euphrasia Donnelly, Ethel Lackey, and Mary Chen Wesselow. I don't know how to say that lady's last name. She set a new world record of 458.8 in the event final. Individually, she received bronze medals for finishing third in the women's 100-meter freestyle, the women's 400-meter freestyle races, and she was favored to win gold in all three events and would later say that her failure to win three golds in the games was the biggest disappointment of her career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, she still kicked ass. Right. Like, Don't be so but, hard on yourself. Yeah, so, and then still she said she was proud to have been a part of the American team that brought home 99 medals from the Paris Olympics. Mm, if only cool. she would have won that one. Right? <laughs> if only. In 1925, she turned pro. So this was even, she wasn't, this was, like, all around the same time. So she's still really young when this is happening. In 1925, she swam 22 miles from Battery Park to Sandy Hook in 7 hours and 11 minutes, and this record stood unbroken for 81 years. I can't, I couldn't really figure out, just from this Wikipedia article, and that's entirely my fault for not going further into mm-hmm. the Wikipedia. Fine. But I can't really figure out if she was the first woman to do this, or if she did it the fastest. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was both. Wow. So she swam the English Channel. So the WSA sponsored Ederly and a woman named Helen Wainwright to swim the English Channel. Helen later pulled out due to an injury, so Ederly decided to continue the journey on her own. She trained with Habez Wolf, a swimmer who had attempted the swim 22 times. During the training, Wolf continually tried to slow Ederly. They they refer to her as Trudy sometimes. It throws me off. Ederly's pace, saying that she would never last at that speed. (laughs) So, like, she was going super fast, and he would be like, you need to slow down. You need to pace yourself. Also, he was a pee. It's an important part of the story because he's a dick. The training with Wolf did not go well. In her first attempt to swim the channel on August 18th, 1925, Trudy was disqualified when Wolf ordered another swimmer, who was keeping her company in the water, to recover her from the water. According to Ederly and the other witnesses, she was not drowning, but resting, floating face down. Ederly bitterly disagreed with Wolf's decision, and Wolf had commented that women may not be capable of swimming the channel, and it was speculated that he didn't want Ederly to succeed. Probably didn't, because he got to suppress him and keep him down, because God forbid. He tried 22 times and never did it. So, someone's a little salty. But anyway, so basically she was doing, like, that dead man's float, where it's like, you just, that's like the the resting state, when you don't want to exude any more energy. So if you're ever, like, floating in the ocean, and you get tired, you're supposed to just, like... Dead man's floated. But, but she was she was face down though? Yeah, I don't really understand that part. Um, but that's like part of it. Bring a snorkel? I don't really know. I don't know. There's <laughs> snorkels allowed? I don't know. Well, I think it like requires maybe it requires more energy to keep your head above water than it does to like mm. just put your face in the water. I don't really know. I don't understand. But the point is she was just resting. And then that uh, wolf ordered that guy to get her out. So Then she began training with Bill Burgess, who had successfully swam the channel in 1911, and approximately one year later went into the water at Cape Grisnez in France at 7.08 in the morning on August 6th and came ashore in Kingsdown, Kings, 
Kingsdown? Kingsdon? Sure. I don't know. In Kingsdon, 14 hours and 34 minutes later, her record stood until 1850 when Florence Chadwick swam the channel in 13 hours and 20 minutes. Hey. Imagine swimming for 14 hours. Imagine being even like one second quicker and then just knowing that somebody beat your score by like one second. So annoying. Ah. Yeah, she beat it by like an hour and 10 minutes. Right. That's like, but that even that is still like, God damn it, that's so close. So Utterly possessed a contract both from the New York Daily News and Chicago Tribune when she attempted to swim the channel a second time. The money she received paid her expenses and provided her with a modest salary. It also gave her a bonus in exchange for exclusive rights to her personal story. The Daily News and the Chicago Tribune got the jump on every other newspaper in America, so they got to tell the story, like, right away, which is why they were they agreed to, like, give her all this money. So for her second attempt at the channel, Utterly had an entourage aboard the tug. So there's, like, a tug that follows them to make right. sure that they're, so they don't die, right. obviously. Yeah. And her tug was called the Alsace. Al- I don't know. On August 6, 1926... Which included her father and one of her sisters, Meg, as well as Julia Hartman, wife of Westbrook Pegler and a writer for the New York Daily News, the paper that sponsored Utterly Swim. (laughs) Hartman, the writer, wouldn't allow other reporters from the other newspapers on the tug in order to protect their scoop. So as a result, a second tug was hired by disgruntled (laughs) reporters. They're like, you know, know, you never said there's no rules against us getting our own boat. They were literally like... You can't sit with us. And so the reporters were like, fine, we're going to get our own book. Yeah, and we're yeah, going to just follow you. Where, is the, where are the rules? There are no rules. I'm going to get my own, swim. Get my own tug. On several <laughs> occasions during the swim, this tug, so the one that the reporters were on was called the Marini, came in close to Edderly and nearly endangered her chances. The incident caused subsequent bitterness and also led accusations in the British press that the two tugs had in fact sheltered Edderly from the bad weather and thus made her swim easier. Ha, an unexpected advantage. Right, but, like, also pissed her off, because she was like, I didn't oh, fucking need that. Like, mm-hmm. So and she's like, great, now I gotta do it again. Right, so, like, people, basically people were like, well, it made you, clearly it was easier right. because of, of the two. Course. And she was like, fuck off. She's like, I didn't intentionally do that. Stop ruining my vibe. I just didn't want them to sit with us. <laughs> uh, okay, so during her 12th hour at sea, Burgess, her trainer, had become so concerned with the unfavorable winds that he yelled out to her, Gertie, you must come out! And the swimmer lifted her head from the choppy waters and replied, What for? (laughs) Uh, Only five men had been able to swim the English Channel before Edderly. So I think she was the first woman to do it. And, like, that other lady would have been able to do it with her, but she pulled out. The best time had been 16 hours and 33 minutes set by Enrique Tirabashi, but when Edderly walked up the beach at Kingston, England, after 14 hours and 34 minutes, she clearly beat that record. So she beat it by two and some hours, which I thought was right. killer. The first person to greet... Excuse me! Hi, we're doing something. We're doing a podcast. Thank you, we have a podcast. I'm sorry, we have a podcast. Do you podcast. know who I am? Okay, anyways. <laughs> do you know, my, do you do know who my, my dad, dad is? <laughs> the first person to greet Adderley on the shore was a British immigration officer who immediately requested a passport from the bleary-eyed, waterlogged teenager. She was 20 at the time and not a teenager, but literally immediately just walks up and goes, do you have your passport? <laughs> in, in what? <laughs> in, what? I'm sorry, where? <laughs> where would I hide it? Inside my snatch? I just love, from the bleary-eyed, wa- like, clearly this girl is tired. Right. And you're not like, are you okay? How can I help? That was great. Can I have your passport? Congratulations, that was great. You just broke a world record. Good for you. Give me a passport! Where's your passport? It's like, what? When Utterly returned home after her swim, she was greeted with a ticker tape parade in Manhattan. 
More than two million people lined the streets of the parade route to cheer her on. She made an arrangement with Edward L. Hyman to make a personal personal appearance at the Brooklyn Mark Strand, and she was paid an amount far greater than they had ever paid an individual performer prior. Uh, Eventually, she went on to play herself in a movie called Swim Girl Swim, starring B.B. Daniels, and then she toured the vaudeville circuit. She met President Coolidge and had a song and a dance named for her. Her manager, Dudley Field Malone, was not able to capitalize on her notoriety, however, so Edderly's career in vaudeville was not a huge financial success. She had had poor hearing since her childhood due to a case of the measles, which is why you should vaccinate your children. Jessica Beale. And by the 1940s, she was almost completely deaf. Aside from her time in vaudeville, Edderly taught swimming to deaf children. Um... She never married, and she was living in an old person's home in 2001. She died on November 30th, 2003, in Wyckoff, New Jersey, at the age of 98. So what swimming will do. Yep. Adderley was inducted into the International Swimming Hall of Fame as an honor swimmer in 1965, and she was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 2003. An annual swim from New York City's Battery Park to Sandy Hook, New Jersey, is called the Adderley Swim in memory of Gertrude Adderley and follows the course that she swam. Her name, mm-hmm, her name makes a cameo appearance in Disney's The Princess and the Frog in a newspaper article being read by the character <gasps> Eli Big Daddy yes. LeBeau. So oh she's also God. in a newspaper article. And that's the story of, of Gertrude Adderley. Isn't that kind of cool? <laughs> I was like, I love this. It's short and sweet. And also, like, just like a badass girl that was like, fuck it, I'm just going to swim. Right. Oh. I just want to swim. I love it. <laughs> I also just love, like, so when you go... To the National Women's Hall of Fame. Also, all that information is clearly from Wikipedia. Right. When you go to that page, you can literally, so, this is just, like, lists of women. And when you, like, hover over them, you can, they, like, give you a little, like, blurb. And so I was, like, I just kept hovering over a blurb until I was, like, wait, she swam the English Channel? And I was, like, all right, let's do that. Right. (laughs) Also, people on here that are, that I've also talked about, like, Nellie Bly and Amelia Earhart and all these other badass women. Oh, I forgot to tell you, there was a trivia question related to Nellie Bly a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I love my girl Nellie. Mm-hmm. I think she was the answer. What was the question? Um, who was the a woman that traveled around the world in 80 days? Yeah. Or Nellie Bly did what inspired by this book? Or she And she yeah. actually did it in 78. If you remember. I don't remember Me anything either. we ever talk about. <laughs> I literally, it's my favorite thing because I... Put it into the world, and I have fun while I do it, and then people are t- people talk to me about it later, and I'm like, oh, were you there when we had that conversation? Oh, that was my podcast? That's recorded? And Weird. I can go back to it? Weird. I did ask Kaylee uh, if she was... I was like, did, did you listen to the whole episode? And she was like, yeah. And I went, did you want to kill me after? And she was like, no, actually. And I was like, okay, good. I just, good. like... I said, I was like, honestly, that was just such, like, an organic moment right. of Marissa and I just having a conversation, right. and, like, I just had all of these fucking stories, and right. she was like, no, it was super funny, I didn't care at all. She's responsible for the birth of the Sammy Sode. She is. That's a big responsibility. It is a big responsibility. I hope she, I hope she, I hope she's ready. <laughs> <laughs> she's ready to carry that. Well, I just started 14 times. Her uh, Wikipedia legacy page is... Where is she's going to be inducted into the Women's Hall of Fame for podcasting. For podcasting. <laughs> Let's start that. I like it. I'm here for it. Also, did you know there's a um, amusement park called the Nellie Bly Park? No. I just, I hope, because I opened the Nellie Bly page, because of course I did, and it says for amusement park in Brooklyn, see Nellie Bly amusement park. Interesting. Right? 
then talk about that. Anyways, um, I think the main lessons we learned are vaccinate your kids or they'll go deaf. Justin Timberlake's rock and pants stuff and jizz. And jizz. Frankenstein. Isn't good for you. And Frankenstein. Also, basically, <laughs> the, the theme of both of those was even if men are telling you not to do it, do it anyway. Yes. I, an go. iconic quote. <laughs> an iconic quote. I mean, in all reality, even if anyone's telling you not to do it and you want us to do it, right. do it anyway. Especially a man, though. Don't let a man use. Don't let a man use the fact that you are a woman to try to convince you that you can't do something. Absolutely. Fuck that wolf guy. He didn't even swim the English Hill. Right. Twenty two times. That Bill Burgess guy swam it. One. I don't know how many times he right. attempted it, but he did it. And she did it twice because they made. She did her, it twice. They made her leave the water. Well, no, that that was the first attempt. Yeah. She completed it twice. I mean, from again, there was kind of a lot of differing information, but right. I'm pretty sure completed it twice, if not completed it at least once, and broke all of the records previously right. made by men. Exactly. So, exactly. That is our mature response to you. Right. Bye. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe. Rate. Tell us more podcast on Instagram, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Tell us more. Five stars. Comment. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That's funny. I love it.